Hey, it's Don. Welcome to episode 14 of the podcast. Before we get started, I want to remind you to follow me on YouTube at youtube.com slash don't worry, I'm finite. Subscribe there and check out my bonus content with my previous guests and stay tuned for some great stuff with my uh, upcoming and recent guests. If you haven't subscribed to my newsletter yet, you can find a link to that in the show notes or my Instagram bio at don't worry, I'm finite. The next one's going to be coming out very soon, so don't miss that. My guest today is Kimberly English, a painter from South Jersey who focuses on farmland landscapes and local Americana. She's an old friend from college who has been steadily growing her business while simultaneously starting a farm and continuing to work within the local farming community to raise money for local charities and show people the beauty of rural life. Uh, we get into finding inspiration in the unknown, growing a business organically, and how to appreciate the beauty in any place you might otherwise take for granted. Uh, let's get right into it. Welcome to Don't Worry, I'm Finite. I'm your host, Don McAvoy. Today, I'm talking with Kimberly English. Let's go. I'm Kimberly English. Don't worry, I'm Finite. Welcome to Don't Worry, I'm Finite, the podcast where we dive into inspiration, motivation, and an exploration of the creative community. I'm Don. I'm coming at you from the ever-moving studio here in San Francisco. Uh, my guest today is Kimberly English. Hi, Kim. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Yeah. Nice early morning for us. Yeah. <laughs> for me. So, um, uh, it's still dark here. I prefer the morning. Is it? <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. West Coast mornings. Um, yeah. So tell me about yourself. Who are you? Hi, uh, I am an acrylic painter. I started painting in college when I met you, mm-hmm. and uh, I specifically started to focus on the farm landscapes and the farm community here in southern New Jersey. And I use my artwork to help bring advocacy to farming and also to young farmer education. So I can tell you more about that later in the interview about donating to um, the local Future Farmers of America chapters. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, definitely stuff. I want to talk about how you got into that. How, how did you get started as an artist? Though? Like, were you, how, how, Before I met you in, in college, I assume you had already been doing a little bit of, uh, of art in right. some form or another. How, how did it all begin? Was it young? Right. Yeah, I started drawing and doodling when I was probably eight or nine. And then when I got into middle school, my uh, middle school art teacher had me um, take a test for a new program at Chalik High School and also through the Salem County Vote Tech. It was the um, Art Academy. Mm-hmm. So during my high school, I also it was kind of like a dual enrollment with um, Chalik High School and the County Vote Tech. The Art Academy, I got to work with international artists creating art installations, um, not only in schools, but also at local um, art uh, venues, kind of like um, Apple Farm. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in high school, I had a lot of unique experiences because of the Art Academy. And then um, when I graduated, I took advantage of the New Jersey Stars program. It's It was a... Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's still around, but it was awesome because I was like a pilot the first class where I got two years of community college for free. So went to County College, got my liberal arts out of the way and then transferred to Rowan. Mm-hmm. It was uh, fall 2007. And I always wanted to be an art teacher, obviously, because I did a lot of art, but I didn't think I could get a job in it because it was so competitive and 
usually, I'm sure as you know, when our teachers are in their school, they usually don't leave. <laughs> it's kind of right. like a rare position. So I actually started at Rowan as a biology and education major. I don't yeah. know if you knew that. No, I didn't. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I graduated and transferred to Rowan as a biology and education major. And then I'll never forget, I was in chemistry class and it was like two weeks into my first semester there. And I was just like, what am I doing? Like, I just had this feeling that I just wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I really wanted to take a chance on becoming an art teacher, um, even though I kind of thought my odds were against me because mm -hmm. they're such, you know, specialized positions. So right, right after that chemistry class, I went to my advisor, figured out what I needed to do to switch. And then uh, it was spring 2008 when I finally was in the art education program. And that's when I met you. So yeah. I think it was color and design we met. That sounds right. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> Rachel? Rachel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Um, I remember that room. I remember that room vividly. I do too. Yeah. It was neat because especially in the, you know, the first, I don't even, I guess semesters or like the foundation classes, mm -hmm. it was like a mishmash of, you know, you were photography, there was art education, there was, you yeah. know, the printmakers, they were all just kind of together and, and the graphic designers too. I remember oh, the totally. graphic designers drawing class they did not really enjoy that but yeah. i mean the photographers <laughs> didn't enjoy it either <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like good no, at it, so. i take pictures of things because i can't make them with my hands i <laughs> <laughs> but i'll never forget when i was younger my one of my uncles i have artistic family members on both mm -hmm. sides and my paternal um uncle always regretted. He told me how he regretted never using his artistic abilities. He was really good with um, painting cars and just any art in general. And that's when I was in chemistry class, I actually thought about what he told me and how he regretted it. And obviously, you know, he was kind of at the end of his life and I didn't want to end up, you know, regretting never taking that chance. So that's what made me kind of decide to take a chance and do that. So at that pivotal time, I met you and then it's also when I met my husband, um, who oh, yeah. is from a, a farming family and growing up in Salem County, it's basically all farms too. Interesting getting that foundation in more of a foundation in art. And then also with my adventures with him at the time, awoken my love for farm landscapes. And mm -hmm. that kind of helped me decide, you know, the subject matter that I was creating and because that's what I was immersed in and what I love. So, um, it's just neat how all of that kind of came together at that one time and kind of led me to what I'm doing now. Yeah, that's great. Um, and actually, uh, I, you know, it's funny, I didn't think about it. We've known each other for so long now that I didn't even really like remember that our careers or at least my career is, uh, partly kicked off by you. Like my, oh, really? <laughs> you were, I mean, yours was the first wedding I ever shot. Oh, I, I know you've done every major event. Yeah. Like that's what I mean. Like I, <laughs> I was like, you, you, uh, graciously allowed me to, uh, take a chance, you know, at, at shooting your wedding and yeah. I had a great time doing it. And that kind of kicked off my, like that was, that was the first major event that I photographed that was, and then took it from there. Awesome. You know, I, I used the images that I got at your wedding to get more, you know, get more jobs just right. like, like you do put in your portfolio and then move on. And I ended up doing a lot more because of that, but that was like kind of the start of everything right there. That's awesome. Yeah. You've done my engagement. 
I, I love that you were like up for the creative stuff, like getting into like the tractor wheel and doing all the, you know, <laughs> yes. doing the fun stuff. And you guys were totally like saying yes to anything and everything. And just a great energy. And we had, we just had a good time. And I think the, I, I'm, I'm happy with the photos still today. Oh yeah. They're like my most cherished because, <laughs> you know, like Chester and I started dating and we were picking spinach. So I was glad, like, I was like, Hey, can we stop here and get pictures in the spinach field? And, yeah. you know, like you said, like on the tractors, but, um, yeah, you did my engagement, the wedding, my maternity. <laughs> oh yeah. I guess I did the engagement before that, but I, I guess like the, yeah, yeah. the engagement <laughs> was like a good like preview. And then the wedding was like the main event. And that's so cool. I didn't know that my wedding was your first. And yeah. I think being such good friends, like it, it made it easier to kind of get those creative shots or, you know, just kind of tell you what I was thinking and you had ideas. So just mm -hmm. because I feel like we've worked on creative projects before, it was neat to totally. And I think, and I think I've taken like the, the lessons that I've taken from that, like you, you allowed me to like play with things and give you ideas and you were cool to go with them. And I think I've like taken that mentality and treated even people that just hired me that don't know me, I treat them like they're my like a friend. And I, I tell them, you know, I'm, I'm very, very talkative and I'll tell them, go do this. You know, I'll joke around with them. I try to make people smile genuinely and naturally. So I'll, you know, yeah. say stupid things and make them joke with each other while I take their pictures. And I think that was that was because like I jumped off with you and you were so easygoing about it and like willing to try things. And, you know, it was an exchange of ideas and right. a willingness to try each other's things instead of a rigid guideline of this is how it's going to be. Right. And I think that's kind of right. how things evolve very well from there. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. What's, what, at what point did you kind of decide what you were doing with your degree after college? Like, what did, what did you do right afterward? Well, um, I was extremely, I don't know if it was lucky or just, um, so I graduated in May 2010 and then like less than a month later, I got hired, um, one of the best school districts in New Jersey as an art teacher. So I was not expecting that. I knew nobody. I think there was, I forget how many applicants, at least 200 and they picked me, which wow. was crazy because usually you kind of have to either like sub there or know somebody. Know, know but, someone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and I was 53 miles from my home. So, wow. um, yeah, so I got my job and absolutely loved it. I taught K to three art. And then, um, at my last year I was tenured and pregnant with my daughter. I also taught seventh and eighth grade, um, digital imaging and graphic design because oh, yeah. they needed, um, they had a lot of students, so they needed a little more help over there. So when am I maternity leave? Luckily I had a year. So, um, stayed home with, for a year with my daughter. And then towards the end, my husband, he was the one that actually encouraged me to resign because it's not how we wanted to live life with someone else raising our daughter and me working so far away. I would leave, you know, 5 a.m. And sometimes if I had meetings, I wouldn't get him till 7 p.m. So oh, wow. yeah, that's a lot of time away. Yeah. I probably like, and my daughter was an amazing sleeper. So I, I would have never seen her because she would have been asleep, you know, those times. Right. So just personal choices. And, um, we also were getting, well, we were in the middle of construction of our house. Our first home, we kind of ripped off half the house and dug a new basement. We were completely redoing it. I don't know if you remember that, but yeah. Yeah. So a lot of personal choices. I, it was a really tough decision, but I'm so glad that I did because I got to not only raise my family, but also, um, start my business. I think my daughter was six months old when I 
started to really focus more on painting. And then, mm-hmm. um, after I resigned, I started teaching painting workshops and painting parties. That was, um, like September, 2014, they were super popular back then. I don't know if you remember like paint parties. I remember and, painting parties being like a real big thing, like wine yeah. and paint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I was doing them almost every weekend, you know, birthday I think parties. I most people went parties. for the wine. Yeah. <laughs> I think most people, well, I went to people's homes, so sometimes they would drink, sometimes they didn't. But Oh, um, you, oh so you did like you would show up. Yeah. I would bring everything except for the tables and chairs. So I'd bring like tablecloths and the easels and the canvases and everything. And okay. I would kind of guide them through a painting and yeah. And they'd either go out and do whatever they were doing or just hang out. But it was a lot of fun. I also um, started doing like workshops at my mom's candle shop in Elmer mm-hmm. where it was more same, same idea, but maybe painting on different things like wood and, you know, instead of just canvas. So right. that's kind of how I got started and paint parties were so big. I just kept doing them and I was painting and creating artwork for gallery exhibits and started also taking, um, commissions and things for like mm-hmm. pet portraits and house portraits and that sort of thing. So that's basically how I got started was right after I resigned. I, I'm right. kind of, I'm kind of always wanting not to be busy, but just intrinsically motivated. Active, and, yeah. Yeah. So started my own business. Had, did, did you have any like crazy, weird experiences? Were there, are there any of those like house parties that really like stand out to you as? I think the thing that stands out the most, um, especially I guess my experience with teaching children and then teaching mostly adults is that adults are very um, self-conscious and they're very, they kind of tear themselves down a lot. Like I think self-conscious is the right word. Yeah. Like very much like yeah. we're ingrained into our, like our egos and like kids are so free right. and available to do, you know, they, they don't care if they fail. We're worried about failure so much and it's all right perceived failure by ourselves. Right. Yeah. So when I was doing the painting parties, they would compare themselves a lot or kind of say m- remarks like, Oh, mine looks so terrible. And they're always looking for validation. Um, being an art teacher and an artist, I mean, I can find, you know, everyone, I really truly believe that everyone's an artist. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of, you know, it takes a lot of time <laughs> to yeah. become really good. So, you know, I could see how it could be a really great painting. And this is the thing I remember most is people being not very nice. <laughs> the one lady was like, oh, you're just saying that because I'm paying you. I'm like, I actually was like, no, actually, I would tell you if it looked bad. <laughs> it's just like, I hate saying it, but that's the things I remember is like, gotcha. you know, they're being self-conscious and totally. not believing in their abilities. <laughs> yeah, I was before COVID, I was teaching photography on cruise ships and like, you know, I got to work with all kinds of people. And mm-hmm. this is this has been the case before I was even teaching it proper, but I find that people are very like they they will tear down their own work like immediately they'll be like before they even show me they're like well it's not professional you know it's just and you know they'll automatically give you like all these like little little words of uh just so you know it's going to be bad before you look at it yeah and i'm like no and i i i feel the same as you i feel like i i I love seeing other people's photos even if they're not a photographer or they they don't have any interest in photography because i love seeing what other people see and i think that's what like photography for me is it allows me to see through somebody else's eyes like oh so when you looked at the scene this is what you focus on like you looked at it like this i look i look at it as a photographer like i look at it more technically sometimes with Mm -hmm. lines and composition and all this stuff somebody who's not a photographer is going to look at it and try to depict it the way they see it versus trying to make it a good 
composition and make sure the light is hitting everything the right way. So, right. And I think there's like both sides of that. I can see the, I can see the quality in everybody's work and I try mm-hmm. to point out the things they're doing well and then exactly. encourage yeah. them to like, now, if you just change the composition a little bit, like here, the f- scene will be more pleasing to the eye and then you'll be able to show what you're seeing even better. Exactly. That's kind of how I see with, um, the, the paint parties and also my monthly painting workshops mm-hmm. is, um, when I'm teaching, I'm basically, we're all using around the, you know, the same colors, although they're mixing, they might be a little bit different. They're getting the same instruction. And I feel like that's the coolest part is that we, at the end, we get to see how they interpreted it and how they created something from the same thing. And even yeah. the participants, especially the ladies that they're usually ladies that come to my paint workshops for a long time. They enjoy seeing how other people created things from the same, you know, paint, same instructions. Mm -hmm. And I love seeing their own spin on it. And like you said, if someone might not think that it looks good, but like you said, if like, Oh, I love that people take initiative and like change something. And I encourage them to continue like, oh, you know, if you want to do it that you can do this also. And, you know, um, Mm -hmm. this makes it a little bit more unique. Yeah. And you got, I mean, you do have to find your, I mean, you do have to find your own voice. Like you have to find something that makes people say, oh, that's your artwork. Mm -hmm. So finding that artistic voice is a hard thing, but the, the older you get in some cases, if you have, if it hasn't been fostered, the fear of failure really kind of, uh, (laughs) kind of does keep you from trying anything creative because you're afraid of what other people are going to think. You mentioned like doing doing work for like art galleries and stuff. Do you did you have a, like a time of I'm gonna put my I want to paint things for gallery work and like have my my own gallery shows? And did that like kind of morph into doing commission work for people and then you know uh, getting some of the other jobs that you've uh, taken along the way? So when I started painting, um, and that was you know 2014 when I really started. Um, besides what I did in college, but started my business. I was, I feel like I was still kind of trying to find my niche. And, um, luckily my daughter was a great napper. She would nap for like (laughs) three hours. So I would just paint the whole time. And obviously I would do uh, farm scenes. I did some, um, wetlands, which is still, you know, I think Cumberland County, like Greenwich area, um, gallery 50 has uh, international wetlands competition. So I did some for that. Um, and then, also worked with some friends for like collaborative gallery shows. My mm-hmm. one friend, Janice Chassier is a ceramic artist and she focuses on geese. So she sculpts the geese and I had paintings that related to their habitat water related. So that was a neat um, gallery show up in Kennett square. But mm. I guess it took a few years to kind of find a, I, want a purpose for my artwork. I just don't want it to be like, Oh, that's a really nice painting. (laughs) Like it's really (laughs) beautiful. Kind of just honoring South Jersey's agricultural heritage and kind of, if people are very nostalgic about it, especially people that either grew up on farms or their families had farms, um, it really pulls at their heartstrings, but also kind of bring awareness to the challenges that farmers have, um, mm. that things change so much. Um, the paintings behind me, they were of a dairy farmer right down the street from my house and the dairy industry really went downhill and they ended up selling their herd and they retired. But, 
um, people love those paintings because they remember the cows walking down the road. So oh, yeah. anybody listening in a city, this is things that really happen in the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cows create traffic jams. <laughs> it's true. So just, you know, bringing awareness to the, just the country living and like what it takes to grow food. And also just, again, like the nostalgia of Americana, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, I, I, Americana is actually, that's probably a really good way to describe a lot of the, a lot of the stuff you do. Um, as, as somebody who doesn't know that much about Americana artwork, I hope that's a good description of what, of what you do, but that's, uh, I haven't, I think, I don't think I've heard that word to describe your work, but I think that make that makes sense to me. Yeah. I actually never used it either, but I'm like, Oh, it kind of does. Um, yeah. Cause my, my artwork focuses on the South Jersey landscape, obviously, because that's where I live and where mm-hmm. I love to be. But a lot of the places are kind of, I wouldn't say ambiguous, but a lot of people can relate to them because they're, you know, farm landscapes. And totally. I also, I, I don't call myself a photographer. I'm not at your level, but I do like to take photographs for my paintings. See, those, those mitigating words that everybody uses. That, I know. And you're I definitely know. a photographer. I've, I've seen, like, I've seen and complimented <laughs> your stuff enough times. You can, you can I confidently know. call yourself a photographer. You're, you're wonderful. Thank you. But it's funny because that's not really how I want to be remembered. Although <laughs> I feel like I confuse people because, um, I take the photographs for my paintings and I love being out especially in the morning and at night, sunrise, sunset, and capturing those beautiful, you know, farm landscapes or mm-hmm. even equipment, you know, um, that the farmers use and use them for my painting. So on social media, I started sharing them because I, I don't know, people enjoy the pictures and it really took off. Again, I don't sell my photographs, um, but I started, uh, I guess, it was 2018. I started putting them in a collection of a calendar mm-hmm. and I called it Salem County Farmlands Calendar. Oh yeah. So that's kind of what I use my photography for. I, I create the calendar every year and then I am $5 of each calendar is donated to the local FFA chapters, which is Future Farmers of America. It's high school students that are learning to become the next generation of either farmers or people that work um, in the agricultural industry. So, um, that's actually going on right now. It's on my website that people can, um, order the calendar and support the cause. But since 2018, I've donated, um, $3,000 to the FFA chapters, which helps them with their state and national conventions and other programs that they have. So I like to use the photograph part of just what I love to do for my paintings to help, um, help that cause. That's a great way to use it. Um, and I mean, and your, your social media is killer. Like I love, I always look forward to like what you're going to post. Like I, I'm, I'm always in other places, but being able to see your like sunrise portrait from the farm or like the dew on the grass or the, the leaves or whatever it is, like you, you capture it so, so well. And I think like, that's definitely a benefit to being in the same place, you know, waking up in the same place every day is that you get to see a landscape change throughout the year and you get to see all that, you know, you get to focus on the little details of the leaves and the leaves changing and right. the farm growing and, you know, things that you don't see if you only pass through. So like you really have been able to kind of learn that landscape. And I think it comes through in your work, your paintings and your photography that you're able to like take, get basically a portrait of the landscape and the area that you lived in. And I, uh, more and more like the stuff that you put out, the details that go into it, you go, you know, you'll, you'll do 
uh, macro shots and then you'll do full on landscape shots. So you kind of encapsulate everything that is a part of that like farm landscape. And I just, I love the body of work you put together. Well, thank you. Wow. I really appreciate that. And it's funny that you mentioned like getting to know the landscape. Um, our first home was in Aldine, which we talked about the cows mm-hmm. walking like behind me. <laughs> and I knew that town and place so intimately because of living there for so long and um, just spending so much time in it. And a lot of the landscapes were just like, I could open the door and walk out and I was surrounded by beautiful fields and different crops and things. And like you said, I just was so in tune with it. And then, um, in 2019, we actually moved, um, we're still in the same zip code, but like to a new area. And I really felt, I didn't feel out of place. I mean, actually where I live is where I grew up at Pittsgrove. My husband and I grew up in the same zip code, just different (laughs) sides of it. It was just, it was a really interesting to just feel so out of my element. Um, mm-hmm. and it was funny. I was talking to my n- neighbor farmer friend and he was like, well, you just, you're out of sync. You just need to get in sync with, you know, your, your land. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's, that's very true. And I feel like I have, if I definitely have to make more of an effort to kind of get those shots. How did you find that, uh, experience of like finding new inspiration? Yeah. I, I assume at the old place, like you kind of were like, okay, I know where to go. Like, oh, the sun looks like this or, oh, it's the dewy morning. I know the kind of thing, you know, I want to go look at this thing because I know there's going to be the shot that I want over there. Oh, How did it feel like going yeah. to a new place and like finding inspiration in the unknown or did, did you find inspiration in the unknown? Yeah. Like talking about our first home. Yeah. I, I knew the seasons. I knew where the sun rose and sunset and like, um, especially I'm sure you know that the sun's especially sunsets change so dramatically in such a short amount of time. And sometimes you can also, instead of looking at the sunset, look away from it and find something even more interesting, especially like in the clouds or something depends on the, you know, the weather, but yeah, I could go out the front back side doors and knew exactly didn't take me long to find something. It took a little time here just because we are kind of off the road and surrounded by trees. So I, mm-hmm. like I said, I have to take more of an effort to like go see the sunset or sunrise. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also um, with our own farm, like we started our farm, um, oh, yeah. wooded. I, we grow log grown shiitake mushrooms. So I'm finding um, inspiration in the forest, um, which most people don't really link to agriculture, which that's kind of my goal with our farm is showing how forest ecosystems are agricultural, you know, spaces. So my farm account shows more of that kind of, you know, the beauty of the forest and being able to grow food there. And my art account, I still kind of focus on like the open wide vistas and farm equipment and things like that. So it has taken some more time to get, I wouldn't say acclimated, but just, um, you know, if I'm out in town or I always have my camera with me so that way I can get different shots and things like that for my artwork. Just takes a while to learn the new landscape and figure out where things are, but there's, I'm sure there's some fun in that. Oh yeah. I probably wouldn't link farm work and art together in my mind so i think like you you know you in a way have found like that niche that you have like this left brain artistic thing going on where you have like this eye for photography and painting and you're you're able to like take that and bring it to us a, a, a place that you don't see a ton of 
like you see like these pastoral paintings that I think always feel like a little older. They always feel like more dated, I guess. So mm-hmm. like you're bringing it into like a modern context, I think, and showing some of the the artwork that are showing like the landscapes that are the way that they are right now. And they don't feel old, like some of the, you know, some of like the pastoral like farm paintings do that I think are more well known. So do you right. feel like the, you're, you're, you said you were trying to show show that the forest landscape or the, the forest farmscape also is a big part of agriculture. And so how do you, how do you feel like farming agriculture and like art go together? Do you feel like there are elements of one that, that lead seamlessly into the other? I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, no, I've definitely thought about it before. Um, being an artist and then farmers, most people don't really see the, like the correlation between the two, but yeah. for me, I feel like artists and farmers are, have a lot more in common than people kind of tend to believe because most of the time farmers are, you know, up before dawn working on things. Artists are the same. We work kind of around the clock, you know, to create things. Um, I think farmers and artists are generally misunderstood by the public. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if that makes sense, but no, I like that. You that's know, a good, that's a good correlation. I wouldn't have thought of, but yeah, I like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, they definitely are. And then they also create such important sustenance, you know, farmers, obviously growing crops and food for us and then artists creating artwork to, you know, evoke our mind and, lift our spirits and just creating beautiful things that the world needs. So I kind of find farmers and artists to be similar, although most people will be like, you know, they have nothing in common. Um, That's how I perceive them. Um, Just a lot of my friends are farmers and we are farmers. So um, just kind of creating the two and how they can kind of work together. And again, I want my artwork to have a higher purpose. It's not just beautiful landscapes, although I think most people take it as that because I'm very um, realistic with my paintings um, right now. So I think some people might take it at face value, but I always am with my artwork. I have a story, the story about the painting and um, the video creating it. And I'm hoping that it'll kind of, and also the titles that I give them kind of give them a chance to think about it and, and why things that are the way they are and how, you know, life is in the country. So in case they don't live in the country, it kind of gives them a new perspective right. of that. Wow. That was a great answer. Uh, oh, thank you. Wow. The idea that art is a, like something that sustains us the way that food and crops do, like that's very beautifully said, uh, <laughs> very, very well. Yeah. I mean, well can said. you imagine I lo- I life? I can't imagine life without farmers or artists. It would be like a dull, hungry place. Like, yeah. <laughs> just... I mean, I think there is this, like whenever it comes to like funding art programs, whether that's nationally or local schools or anything, I feel like there's this resistance to fund the arts because mm-hmm. they're not, you know, they are expendable. Right. They're not necessary. But then right. that same yeah. person is going to like listen to music on the way to work, listen to a podcast yeah. when they go for a walk and then sit at, sit at home and watch HBO all night watching TV. And like, you don't realize you're surrounded by art all the time. You know, you got stuff hanging oh. on your walls. It's all art. It's all art. And yeah. people, people Product reduce marketing. it to like this, yeah. like soundbite for their local like, government. <laughs> and <Yeah>. it's uh, <laughs> sad to see like how it's been relegated at times, but I think more and more like people are appreciating it for what it is and realizing that it is not only necessary, but like, can be like lucrative as well. So like there are, we, you and I have both found our 
our place in like the art business side. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially coming off, you know, 2020 when everything was shut down, I think, and people were craving those, you know, live music, live theater. Like um, I feel like those experiences also were brought to the forefront. Like I wouldn't say they were taken for granted, but like when they were completely off the table, it's like, wow, like people really missed it. And, you know, obviously art galleries and things like that. So obviously we're getting back to some sort of normal, but I'll say it has been really, really nice to go back to like art museums and like, you know, walk through galleries and see things in person again. Yeah, I'm glad that Broadway's back. I'm really excited to see uh, like a a show, like a Broadway show in a theater again, hopefully sooner than later. So speaking of like getting into business and everything, do you has there been like one thing that has been the most challenging or anything that has been easier than you thought it would be? Anything that's been like extra rewarding, any projects you've worked on that you've, uh, that you wanted to highlight? Um, I think the most rewarding is using my photographs. Cause again, I don't mm. sell them, but like creating the calendar and then using that to help raise money for the young farmer education. Right. That's been the most rewarding. And then also getting to work within the, um, FFA organization, helping with their state convention and yeah, just helping young people. I mean, as a teacher, mm-hmm. Obviously, I want to help students become the best that they can be. So having the opportunity to help them um, with my artwork is really rewarding. And I'm trying to find more ways that my paintings um, can do the same. So next year, that's a, a goal that I'm going to be focusing on. Okay, awesome. Then you and you, you mentioned a few times your business and like like some of the stuff that you do. You do you know commissions and like house portraits and mm-hmm. and some things like that. What so. It, can, can you ex- explain your business just a little bit and talk about like what you have and how you started like printing your work on, uh, on other, on other, in other, in other mediums, I guess, like, or printing them on, on canvas or bags and stuff like that. And how that, how your, your store kind of grew. I started out doing paint parties and paint workshops, which I still do. They're not as popular the paint parties, but I do hmm. do a monthly workshop. Um, so if you're on my email list, you can sign up on my website and you can be notified of those if you're local to South Jersey. Hi, mom. Um, and then, yes, yes. Your mom and sister came to one this <laughs> fall. <laughs> They're awesome. Uh, and then, so that's how I got started. And then um, I started, I wouldn't say paintings for myself, but paintings to create a body of work. And then um, I guess people started you know, we're inquiring like, well, can you make something of my dog? Or some of the local farmers have commissioned me to paint um, equipment that was special to their family. Hmm. So that kind of morphed into commissions. Um, And then, you know, my paintings take a really long time because they are surrealistic. Um, I understand, especially with where I live, it might be at a people's price point. So I started, um, my painting professor taught me how to create my own archival prints. So I started with prints and then greeting cards. And then I kind of went into creating my artwork on different things like tote bags and magnets and um, other like home decor items just to have different price points for when I'm doing an art show or at an exhibit or something that I also understand that like space is limited. So you might not have a wall, like a place on a wall for a piece of artwork, but right. maybe, you know, you're more of like a magnet person on your fridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like any way that someone can enjoy my artwork, I try to create products or things that they can one afford and two enjoy the way they want to, mm-hmm. um, in their home or in their space. So that way, you know, 
I can inspire them or just remind them like, again, like the nostalgia of country living. You definitely have a really astute business sense about you that you're, you've always been able to like put together (laughs) these like business ideas and like market yourself very well and make connections in the local community. And I think you've like, it feels like you've grown very naturally. Uh, I don't know if it feels that way to you, but it feels like you've grown within your community very naturally and you've like built your business bigger and bigger as it goes. But from the outside, it looks like, Mm -hmm. well, that's where it was always heading. Like it seemed like you had, you have this natural trajectory that it makes sense that it gets bigger and bigger and the scope gets wider. Has that been like intentional or have you kind of just like gone rolled with the punches as you come along? That's interesting. I appreciate you telling me that because I, I guess I've never asked someone how, like what it looks like <laughs> from the outside, especially you being a friend and also being a business owner. Like I, I didn't really think of it. I think it has been a lot to do with just organically trying to find what works for me and my family. Again, um, you know, I resigned from public teaching to care for my family. So, you know, they come first. So I've always worked around my children's nap snack, sleeping schedule, that kind of thing, which is why I love to get up early. I'm naturally a morning person anyway, but that's when I work the best in the studio. And then also around my husband's schedule because he works a lot. So just finding what works for me because my family is so important. And then I I didn't know right away that I was going to be doing farming as my focus. I mean, it was in the beginning, but I was kind of trying different things. Like I told you, like the wetlands uh, landscapes and I think I even did one of, I mean, you've always so graciously let me use your photographs, but I did like a cityscape because you had an amazing sunset um, oh, yeah, over Philadelphia. That. I, don't know I love that painting that. you did with the, from the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of just trying a lot of different things and then something clicked and I was like, no, I really want my artwork to help advocate for farmers and have a bigger purpose than just, oh, wow, that's a really realistic cow painting you know Mm -hmm. like it's about the story behind it and the family that raised those cows and things like that so I don't know if that answered your question I think so and it sounds like I mean from from what you just said it sounds almost like you you kind of were testing the waters in a lot of different places but you were you were always practicing and you were always like putting in time to your work and you always you always uh made sure that your work was a priority and yeah. I feel like that's, it's almost like where preparation meets opportunity. Like you got the chance to do something and you found that, like that in to do mm-hmm. something that makes your work meaningful. And it has like, has a good, a good, uh, reason behind doing it. And you've managed to turn that into a, like a charitable thing as well, which is, which is great. I think I started with the paint parties and things cause they were so popular. So that was kind of like the breadwinner and then focusing more on the painting and using my photographs for my paintings. And again, I was kind of telling you how I started sharing them on social media and people really liked them. So then I was like, well, how can I use them? So I made the calendar. And then when I made the calendar, I was like, well, they need to be able to pick them up somewhere. So then that's when I started my annual holiday open house. And when I started doing my open houses, I only had like prints and greeting cards. And I think that was it. So Mm -hmm. from there, my open house was a place for locals to pick up the calendar and also do some holiday shopping. Pre-COVID, I had other artist friends at my open house. I had, the last couple of years, I haven't. But um, that's when I kind of dove into offering different products for different price points. So I think that answers your question a little yeah. better, how my business morphed from 
paint parties when they were popular. I still do painting workshops because I love teaching. Obviously, I'm an art teacher. And that's great that you're able to keep that as part of your as part of your business. I think I've always been a little bit uh, jealous or uh, envious of your ability to manage time. Like you always you seem like a very well like you're good at time management. You're good at like planning and calendars and everything like that. And I think that's always been like a I would say that feels to me like probably one of the reasons for your your continued success is that you're very good at like managing your time and prioritizing things. And I've always yeah, loved the, the photos that, you know, the the paintings you've done of my photos. Yeah. Like you say, it was it was very gracious, you say, but I think it was, you know, I, I was excited to see what you were going to create out of it. It's really cool to see a photo that I've taken turn into like a beautiful painting that you do. And I know there's there's one that's still on the docket, right? That you're planning on oh, doing. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's so many. I wish I could do them all because your, <laughs> your photography is amazing. There's a forest painting, I think. Now I'm like surrounded by it and I'm finding <laughs> beauty in that. I'm trying to work that in somehow. But yeah. <laughs> Also, you, you mentioned a few things as well that you you're very open to what comes next and you're you're that's why i think why it feels organic because you're like well i need a place for this to happen so i'm going to start this and bring people here Mm -hmm. and then it grew from there but you're also like on social media like always pushing stuff out there and putting out quality stuff on social media and doing the video portion and showing people your process kind of showing behind the Mm -hmm. scenes so it's like very much like organically growing with the art world and the social media world so you take full advantage Thanks. of like all aspects of that and i you've always been very savvy business wise and wow, i think so you've nice. really reaped I your didn't think i was <laughs> no very, <laughs> i mean that. again from the outside it looks yeah it, it it looks um i'm sure there's a lot more work that goes into it than you see from the outside but yeah. it feels well, like you you're, know, yeah. you're good at that <laughs> well thanks you make yeah, it look effortless the- Wow. Thanks. Um, Maybe I should delve into that more for other artists and things about time management. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm like a stickler, but make a time um, management class. I will take it. Oh, (laughs) if I I can make time. (laughs) (laughs) But I've always found, especially in starting my career, my business career, when I started my family, I mean, my daughter was an infant when I started. Um, Yeah. Time management is, is huge. And, but the thing I found the most helpful. And I guess what most people don't realize is like every little bit adds up. Like just like when, you know, when you're exercising or something, 15 minutes here, 30 minutes there, it really adds up. And those concentrated amount of time of just intense focus, which my, my paintings are a lot of intense focus. Um, even if it's scattered throughout the day, if you just, you know, this is the time I'm working on this, I can work on this then. And again, being a mother, I tend to try and work on things that I, when my children are need me, I work on those when they're not awake or when they don't need me as much. And then mm-hmm. I try and work on things that I know I can kind of do when they're around or that's kind of how I try and prioritize my life, my personal life and professional life of how I can get things done um, at the right moment during the day. So I'm that's always great. chipping away, if you will at totally. things yeah that makes sense yeah totally yeah chipping yeah putting in a little bit of time here and there like it, it really does add up for me it's always just about committing committing to doing a little bit of the work because the way that my mind works is if i make myself do five minutes of something i'll probably work on it for two hours but right. if i never right. get started it's so easy to put it off put off that getting started but that if i commit to just doing it for a short period of time i almost always end up focusing for much longer than I planned on, which is good for me. 
Uh, right. I'm, yeah. I'm probably I find not as good too. at the chipping away method. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of actually related to, I don't know if you remember from Siobhan's drawing class, but she always said, do a little bit of everything before you do a lot of one thing. Hmm. And that was in reference to drawing, but I've kind of took that into my life. It was like, if you do a little bit of everything consistently, everything will get done. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, like <laughs> it is a lot to, you know, with social media and blog posts and videos and creating new work and trying to, like you said, like keep, you know, creating new things. It's just a matter of finding a system that works for you and then just being consistent with it. And every little bit adds up. Very nice. That's true. And as you, as you've moved into your new like house and your new kind of landscape over there, have, have you, have you ever considered like, do you ever feel like you need to get out of your like farmscapes? Like, do you, do you have an interest in like traveling somewhere and like painting something in, in a completely different landscape than you're, than you're in right now? Uh, that's a good question. And I always think of you because you um, travel so much. And I'm like, you probably think I'm so boring. Cause I'm like, you know, I grew up here. I live here. <laughs> I and I don't know, it's just South Jersey. It's like what I love and landscape farm landscapes is what I love. But you know, I have thought about that. I mean, there's amazing artists that I follow in the Pacific Northwest that have these amazing mountain tree scenes and, mm-hmm. and, you know, your landscapes that you take photographs. of. I'm like, Oh, I'd love to paint that. Mm-hmm. And some of them I am just because I can't, not (laughs) it's just such a beautiful photograph i want to make a painting of it but i don't know i guess a lot of my paintings started as kind of personal landscapes of like my husband's family farm and places that i spent a lot of time at so it was almost like artwork for my own life like Mm. important places um so i guess if my life leads me somewhere else i would probably kind of adapt and change to that but i feel like farming will always be one of my main or the main focus, you know, and being away from South Jersey, when I come back to visit, I always end up finding like some beautiful things to photograph that I, that I love. And, you know, there's places that I love, you know, I go to Parvin every time I'm home and go for a run and just enjoy that beauty of that landscape. And whenever I go visit my family in, in, in your area, I am like always like kind of blown away by like, especially the sunsets and just the beauty, like the vast beauty of that area. And I always managed to, you know, enjoy taking, you know, taking some photos there and just taking in the landscape. So your work uh, on social media is always just like a little bit of a a touchstone for me or like a little bit of a taste of home through, you know, through other landscapes. And I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a really nice kind of reminder of the beauty of the place that I came from. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. I'm going to kind of finish up with a few rapid fire kind of questions. Um, Uh-oh. Oh, great. Feel free go. to take. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not like a lightning round. You can take take as much time as you need with them. <laughs> but um, OK, is there any. So you, you talked about this a little bit with like the the professors that we've had. But uh, is there any advice that you've gotten over the years from from another artist or from from anyone else that you have taken and you still consistently use? Yeah. I actually had um, a very well-known watercolor artist come up to me and this was at the beginning of like my gallery exhibition years Mm -hmm. um, and come up and thank me for pricing my artwork the way I do because he felt that it was worth it. But it also being artists, we kind of have to value each other. And he kind of made the comment like if you know, people are pricing their stuff too low. It hurts the other artists, you know, I mean, obviously people are at different stages of their career. So their pricing is different, but, um, just to know the value of your work 
and and I have truly found that um, there will be people that will invest when you you know commission something or buy an artwork. You're not just buying the piece; you're investing in the artist, and that's always something that stuck with me is what he said, and just always value the time and work and and things you create. Totally. That's, that's very, very true. And I find that across the board in art that it's really easy for people to de undervalue themselves or undervalue their work, feel like it's not worth as much as it is. Mm -hmm. And people from the outside, I think also look in on that and go, well, that's too expensive or it's not worth that much, but they don't realize that, you know, the education, the equipment, the work, the time, all the stuff that goes into it and, you know, the value that it will hold for them too. It's something they'll have for a long period of time. So exactly. Yeah, that's great. That's a great lesson. What uh, has been inspiring you lately? Are there any local artists? Are there any, any, any music artists or any, anything visual artists or anything that have been inspiring you that you would like put out there and recommend to somebody else? I think music is a, is a big inspiration to me. Um, I listen to different genres in different parts of my painting process. Um, mm-hmm. but I've really been enjoying, I just listened to Pandora. Um, it's called instrumental chill. It's just new songs, but, and some artists that create their own originals, but just instrumental, but that really helps me get into the mindset I need to be in to create when I'm painting. So I just find that really, I know some people don't like instrumental music, but it's just, mm-hmm. it just gets me where I need to be to be able to focus. So that's nice. a huge inspiration. Yeah. That's exactly what I do when I, when I'm editing or doing something, anything that doesn't have to do with like reading or writing, I will mm-hmm. put on, um, or what reading I can put on that kind of music writing. I kind of have to do something different, but I'll put on piano or string quartet music and like, right. it just kind of like focuses me in. And also yeah. more, more, it's like pushing out the other noises and all the other stuff that's going in, but it allows me to focus yeah. on what I'm working on. So yeah, instrumental, instrumental music is great. Yeah. Were there, are there any, like, uh, any other local artists that you, uh, that, you know, I know you mentioned the one person that you did a, a collab with in Kenneth square. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's, she was actually, the, um, my, I student taught with her. Um, so she's been a great mentor and just friend in the art community. Um, no, I've, I've actually just with moving and buying our farm and starting it and then also keeping up with my business, I wouldn't say that I'm not as involved, but I've definitely had to kind of be a little pickier with the events that I've been participating in, which I'm mm-hmm. hoping now that we've been here for a while and we're kind of getting our footing with what we're doing, um, I can kind of get back into more of the art scene. And also with the pandemic, I couldn't really do anything anyway. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for I the last that, I year and a half. I thought that's where that was going. Cause I was like, yeah, maybe a lot of yeah. stuff's not happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that also happened. Yeah. It was weird. The timing of that with moving and then the world shutting down, but which I guess was kind of good timing. That way I can kind of focus on <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting established. Always looking for that pandemic silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> Can we stop talking about it now? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just ironic with how it happened in my life and the timing of things that actually kind of, you know, so I'm hoping to get back into it now that things are. Yeah, hopefully. All right. Well, I'll finish, I'll finish up with the, the question that I primed you for in the beginning. Uh, so if, do you have any thoughts on how you'd like to be remembered? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I definitely, I've already thought about this professionally that I want to be known as a painter. Um, again, I, I use my photographs to 
you know, um, show people, you know, the County and the, and the beautiful vistas and things, but I use them to create my paintings. But again, I don't want to, I don't consider myself a photographer. I don't want, I guess I don't want to be remembered as that. I want to be a painter that kind of captured the, the rural heritage that we have here in South Jersey and the memories that we have. I mean, you talked about the landscape changing. I mean, even the paintings that I've created, they've looked completely different now than they did when I created them or mm-hmm. when I took the photograph and then painted them. So oh, yeah. just kind of capturing those moments for our community and then um, also using my artwork for more of a purpose of helping advocate for farmers and, Americana of country living. Totally. Yeah, that's great. And you've created a beautiful body of work and I'm always excited to see what you're going to do next. And, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're growing more and more and, uh, that you're able to use your work for, for charity and also just to help people, you know, remember or help people immortalize the, you know, places they grew up and remember what that, what that was like. I know for me, like yeah, I said, I, when I scroll through and I see your images, it's like a nice reminder of like the beauty of where I, where I grew up. So it's really, really cool that you're continuing to do that and just you've continued to get, get better and do more okay. amazing things. So thanks. I appreciate that. I'm trying to also, you know, just bring to the forefront of the beautiful place that we live. Cause you know, a lot of people, either they're going to work or they're just passing through and they might not. I mean, they see it, but they don't see it. You know what I mean? Like they're totally. they're just going through and Easy not really to take paying for attention. Sometimes, <laughs> right? So just showing them that they're surrounded by beautiful places that are productive and that feed you, and oh, you yeah. know, kind of honor honor the people that you know make all those sacrifices and grow the food for us. So awesome! That's a great sentiment to end on. I think so. Um, could you uh, just quickly plug your social medias and like where we can find your work online? Sure. You can, um, follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Kimberly English art. I also have a YouTube channel and then, uh, you can shop my, all the artwork that I create in my studio at, um, Kimberly English.com and you can get it shipped to your door. And I also offer free shipping over a hundred dollars. Awesome. This will make for this, this episode is going to come out next week. So that means you still have three weeks until Christmas. That means everybody should be going there and shopping right now. (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, I know you're going to, I know you're all going to wait until the last minute. So, uh, do it earlier. (laughs) Yes. I only know that because that's what I'll do. Um, exactly. So the last thing, uh, I'll ask you to do before we, we finish up, uh, just say Mm -hmm. I'm Kimberly English. Don't worry. I'm finite. I'm Kimberly English. Don't worry. I'm finite. I believed you. Um, if uh, <laughs> if uh, anybody wants to find me online, you can find me uh, at Don't Worry I'm Finite on Instagram, at Don is Finite on Twitter, which I use very sparingly. Uh, and um, make sure you are subscribed on Apple and give me give me a five star review if you like this. So everybody, stay inspired and stay creative. I'll see you next time. Thanks, Kim. Thanks. <laughs> Bye.